Hey, Ben, can you hear me okay? Hey, how are you? Great, and yourself there? Yeah, good, thanks, pal. Thank you very much for doing this. It's great to connect. Thank, thank uh, you for having what me. What is it by you? Is it still coffee o'clock? It's still coffee, yes. For me, it is, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So we were connected to talk about songs for you. When was the EP actually finished? When was it finished? That's... um. That's the first time anyone's asked me that. It, it was finished probably. Um, it was probably finished a good three or four months before Eleven Eleven came out. So probably yeah, probably four, four, four or five, four months ago, something like that. But I, 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 um, you know, I talked to various kind of uh, record labels and and different kinds of um, uh, methods of being able to sort of put it out into the world and. Um, I couldn't really wait for any kind of release schedule or anything like that to kind mm -hmm. of, I, I, it, it wasn't my priority to kind of have the most, um, the most eyes and ears on the most, on the most songs. It was just something that I wanted to kind of like release into the world. I've, I've spoken a lot recently about, you know, when you put out music, you call it a release. And when you've been mm -hmm. wanting to do it as long as I have, that's kind of how it feels. You're like, you just want to snip the balloon strings and let them, you know, yeah, when you were putting together the EP, was there ever a moment of maybe I need to have a singer-songwriter name that sounds like a band and not put it out as Ben Barnes? No, that was never actually the opposite. It was such an important part of it that this was something innately and authentically completely from me. I think, you know, I've spent 20 years pretending to be other people and even even singing songs as other people. Um you know, in different movies and stuff. And even when I was a kid at school, I would do these Sinatra tribute concerts and, and Stevie Wonder Soul Nights. And I would do these impersonations and impressions. And, 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 I, and I loved it. And I love music and I love storytelling and I love all of that stuff. But, but it just came time for me to do something completely as me. So it actually the exact opposite, the exact opposite thing. You just led me also, to... Oh, go ahead. So no, also, as my dad says, you know, we, we wouldn't have given you an, an alliterative cool name. Like we wouldn't have given you a BB name if we didn't want you to like put up music. So fair. You, you never know, for example, like Five for Fighting, that was a guy, not a band. Dashboard Confessional eventually became a band, but was a guy. There's been so many of those kinds of things. And then sometimes you dig deeper and then you realize the person didn't want it under their name because they were already in the entertainment industry, that gotcha. kind of a thing. And gotcha. they didn't want to be judged. They just wanted somebody with a clean slate to not go, hey, that's the actor from blank. My yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I, I've, I've sort of taken some strides to try and sort of try and marry the two things together, I, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it, songwriting is so much about storytelling anyway. And but then in in curating the videos and and working with some actors that I've worked with in other shows that I've done and using directors that have worked on some of my shows and and just trying to tell stories, you know, make sure there's there's put it simply, make sure there's some acting in the music videos, I suppose. It just kind of helps bridge the gap uh, and forge that link between between the two things so people aren't kind of going wait this guy's in a band you know i think everyone who's successful in acting and goes into music has that initial fear of i don't want to be dog star do you know what i'm talking about i do i do i do but also love what you love man if if i think if, if that's what makes you happy on on a sunday you should do that thing
Fair, fair. Well, back we to can't you. live our lives in fear of judgment of what other people may or may not think about it. We're all going to be, you know, doddery old men, old men, women soon. So do the thing that you love while you have time to, to do it. Fair. And of course, playing the other side of all that, we've seen so many successful musicians who then try and act and people go, oh, you wouldn't have been cast in that film had you not been blank. So it's a it's a two way street with that. But back to you here. And well, I think success. I think I think I think my sort of like initial sh- hackles up for, uh, um, reaction to that is that I think like people who've been acting for for a long time, you've put so much sort of love and passion and energy into that craft and and trying to be certainly true for myself. But I've tried to get better at it every year of the last 20 that I've done it. And um, and I think that a lot of people when they're watching TV or whatever go, oh, I could, it's, just, it's just talking, just, you know, <laughs> just, I could do that. And, and then sometimes, particularly often, and maybe unfairly so, but in the case of um, people who've been musicians for a long time and then try and uh, just sort of be the lead in a film and you're kind of like, ah, see, it's not quite so, it's not quite as simple as you thought. Um, right. Whereas, whereas music is obviously this thing which is so, essentially skilled like um you know i watch so easily overwhelmed by watching people play an instrument with expertise and with soul and with passion and uh or kind of sing in that way that it's 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 so um front and center it's 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 so clearly a talent you know for sure you mentioned uh towards the beginning of our conversation that Sinatra tributes, that kind of performance. Were you never a metal guy? In other words, you were into like good music from the beginning? Um, well, I was very lucky. My dad would always have kind of like 70s rock basically blasting around the house uh, at the weekend. He would have, you know, the Stones and the Beatles and the Who and the Eagles and the, and, you know, Queen was a particular favorite band of mine that I latched onto early. Um, I had to rummage around a bit um in my early teens in the back of the vinyls to find the this the you know the songs of Nikki Life and the and the Ray Charles and the uh and the Michael McDonald and all of that stuff um but but yes I I had a a, actually a drum teacher I played drums in a in a big band in my teens and and uh I had a drum teacher who was into so much and he would you know we he would my drum lessons he would he would play me like Chaka Khan and Donny Hathaway and like all of these uh, amazing kind of singers because he knew that it might would be something I just want so I was very lucky to to have people around me who kind of knew good music and and had it kind of uh would kind of inject it through my veins a bit so you're in that secret club of drummers turned singers there's so many of them and the everyday average person. Phil, Coll- Phil Collins is our, is our, is our, is our Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's our, Collins, he's our, he is our leader. But, but then you'll find out like, for example, Rick Astley is a great drummer. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's still they, not the leader. That's still Phil Collins. He's but, not um, the leader, but he's not only a drummer, but a huge ACDC fan. So if you see Rick Astley live, he does an ACDC cover. So where he's singing also Dave, Dave Grohl, obviously. Oh, for well. sure. Uh, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden was originally a drummer. I I could talk about this for thirty minutes and not uh, your your EP if you want. It's it's fine. <laughs> but uh, it's but uh, what was the first song or which song did you record first for songs for you? Do you which remember that? Re- which song did I record first? Yeah, I think we did Rise Up first because we thought it would be simple because I thought it would might be just be piano and voice. 
um because I wanted it to have a sort of like a vaguely hymnal kind of feel and then of course the producer goes well I and I said well it would be nice to have like a cello or something like uh sort of actually in the in in the vein of song for you the the, the Donny Hathaway version of the um uh, of the Leon Russell song I think it's Leon Russell um uh and and then but then of course we gave it to this brilliant string composer who added these full deep rich strings and then um we passed it around to the because it was during the pandemic so it was all being done remotely right. and I, I sent it to um my drummer in ireland because uh he'd worked on me actually with the film killing bono he was mm -hmm. one of the drummers in one of the bands and and sort of 15 years ago and i knew he had to play drums on this and i sent it to him and he goes oh listen man you gotta let me throw down some drums on that let me throw down some drums and bass just later in the song and I was like yeah all right give it a crack and I wasn't sure at first but then it kind of built in to this kind of slightly more uh, a slight somewhere between it him and a bit more anthemic so I was like actually yeah. I like the scope of this um so let's just sort of go for it and then we sort of we just went for it on every song we <laughs> just adding brass and then get electric guitar solos and and whatever we could back in vogue whatever we could think of really that, that reminds me of The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, because if my research or knowledge is correct, there was not originally bass and drums on that song that was added after the fact. So right. you were not the first artist to ever have their music co-opted by drummers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I trust him. I trust I trust him. But yes, you, you, got, you got to let them do what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, so five songs on the EP. Some people, when you speak it with about a new album, you say, hey, there's there's 12 songs on the new album. How many did you write for it? And some people go 50 and other people go, well, there's 12 songs. So I clearly worked on 12 songs. In your case, was it a five for five or Japanese? It was the, <laughs> I, I, th I think that the um, I think the plan was to do three or four. Um, honestly, uh, because I wanted, I was going to sort of whittle it down. And there was, honestly, like when I started out, I think um, there was sort of three or four that were in my mind finished songs. And then, and then, and then three or four more that had lyrics and, and a few chords and, 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 and sort of snippets of ideas. And then many, many, many more just in a lyric book, you know, just, half finished in that way um but i think that in the end there was four definitely and and one that was sort of sitting on the on the reserves bench waiting for the coach to to, to let me in <laughs> uh, and then and eventually take something in production it took actually sort of like um upping the tempo of, a, of this particular song and, and changing it from something a bit more ballady into something a bit more up tempo and then i started to love it again um and and find it sort of catchy in a different way, and then and then I was like, right, it's these it's these five. They sort of have things that thematically tie them together. So so I thought these are the five that go together. Hmm. So something that you mentioned earlier was that this was an EP that was conceptualized during the pandemic, and we first I, I would guess most people learned about you also being a musician during the pandemic. You know, the friends tie in the live stream kind of video content right. that we're putting out there. So your debut came at a time when people really couldn't tour per se. Is the eventual goal to be able to do theaters as a headliner on your own? Or is this just 
hey, I'm going to do an EP every now and then, and this is a fun thing to do between roles? I'm not sure what the answer to that question is. In the same way that I didn't quite know whether I was going to do a thing of covers or, or be a bit bolder and do my own songs or do an album or just do one song. I, I just kind of... Um, trying to be a bit more open to, to what feels right at the time. And then this feels like the, totally the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to perform some of these songs at some point, um, but obviously do have obligations to go back yeah. to shows and, 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 and do the acting thing, which I love so much and is, but is my, and is my, is my kind of life really. Um, so, uh, but the idea of sort of balancing the two things is quite exciting. I would love to do more of it. I think, I think the world is so um, outside of the, uh, of the restrictions of, of obviously of the, you know, pandemic, which is, which is, it's easy to forget is ongoing. Um, but, but um, outside of that, you know, I think there are plenty of opportunities to like do little performances with, people and and maybe do your own set of a few shows and uh, or or um you know do collaborations or a covers album or whatever it might be so i think i think it would be uh you know whatever whatever opportunity kind of presents itself that seems the most appealing to me i think it will be that will probably probably win out but so often as a timing timing issue you mentioned before but i would love to do any and all of it basically i i totally get it Back in the day, you could pigeonhole everybody, but nowadays, anytime somebody's a lead in a series, you go, I bet they're also a screenwriter, aspiring producer, aspiring director, who has a demo EP as well. You kind of get accustomed to going, that person doesn't just have one talent. Whereas back in the day, you look at the top grossing actors and they're just an actor until you get to maybe... Maybe Kevin Costner was the first one to have the Vanity Music Project on the side to kind of go. Yeah, he was also such a prolific director and producer and everything as well from, sure. from very, very early on. There you go. Uh, unless maybe it's he directed Dances with Wolves, didn't he? Yes. Yes, he did. You know, I know uh, the IMDb stuff answer the questions by talking to Ben Barnes. That's what I'm learning okay. right here. <laughs> so you mentioned before, you didn't want to do a traditional label thing because that would have been a longer term process of waiting for the thing to come out. But now that this album, or I'm sorry, this EP, this extended play, because EP stands for extended play, now that we know it's coming out this month, are you already thinking, hey, second release? Um, I mean, it's definitely a lot of work to sort of do it yourself luckily i had some amazing help from lots of people who've been involved with record labels for a long time um Mm -hmm. so so um that was uh that was would have been impossible otherwise i think um yeah but uh you know it's definitely definitely hard to do it to do it that way but i but I, i as i say i wanted to do it before i had obligations to go back to other shows and um and the timelines for um you know, just just wouldn't have kind of figured themselves out um, had I had I gone any other path, really. Um, but I'm I'm so I'm so happy it worked out the way it did, and and I don't know what the what the next sort of thing would be. But again, I'm just sort of open to see what people see what people's reactions are. It must be refreshing to be doing this because you're not 
not only is it your voice and your vision, but you're also not under the traditional deadline.com embargo. Like I can't talk about this until this one website announces it because music is more of an immediate thing. How many yeah. artists, how many A-list artists have we seen in the last three years who announced an album as in my new album is out and it came out that day. We saw Drake, Beyonce, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, as a man who's very used to on shows like Westworld and The Punisher and Shadow and Bone ha having, you know, the HBOs and the Netflixes of the world saying, don't say anything about anything, don't say, when we, you know, don't say about other seasons or anything that happens or whatever, but answer all the questions. And you're like, well, th those are the questions. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to, like, navigate around things, which I hate doing. Um, I just want to tell everyone everything all the time. Uh, so, uh, so that's, that's the refreshing thing about doing the music is that because it was all for me and all of my agenda and all my timeline is that I can say whatever I want and it can all be true. Yeah. It's, it's direct fan base interaction, which you don't usually get with your film and television projects, which I'd have to imagine is about 90% fulfilling and about 10% frightening. Um, that you mean the fan base? That you can directly talk with your fans this way. Whereas pulling the curtain back when you're doing film and TV junkets, it's more the studio or the publicity team is kind of the middle person saying, don't talk about X, Y, and Z. Whereas if this is your music, your project, you're, you talk about whatever you want. Yeah, you talk about whatever you want, and you, and, and but 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 also like I probably wouldn't have been doing it without the encouragement of those those supporters that I've had that that when I started putting Instagram covers a few years ago on mm -hmm. online were like these are so good and and or, or you know I hope you do more singing or do you write your own songs and then eventually they're kind of going where's the damn album you know and and so and so you you kind of you know I you concede and uh, and think maybe maybe it's okay if, if even if it's just these people who would be interested that's enough for me um so so that encouragement was actually important to me and also it's what i say to people who are kind of in this industry and that it feels a bit much you can always turn your phone off fair very fair assessment right there well three quick questions and then you're a free man and the first Hit one me. is what's the last concert you went to for fun can you remember that some people are gonna be like well i don't go to concerts for fun i'm in the industry i don't i don't no, no 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 i've only ever gone to concerts for fun but i but but i it's been such a long time since i um saw anybody play live um wow if you don't know then we'll we'll just change it to well what was your first concert my first concert was uh, Paul McCartney. I think it was Flowers in the Dirt tour. Um, and, wow! Uh, and um, my uh, I, I I was just starting to to play the drums and stuff, so I was using some straws. And then eventually, I started just playing on on the uh, bald head of the man in front of me, um, who to, to his uh, chagrin. And my parents had to stop me from doing it. So that was cool. My second my second one wasn't quite as prestigious it was the mariah carey dream lover tour so um, but but you know still i'm gonna argue it was prestigious because how many tours did mariah carey do 
she kind of stopped touring out of nowhere, maybe 94, 95. I just, I just loved all those vocalists from the beginning, you know, with Whitney Houston and, and uh, uh, you know, Mariah Carey, but also like the kind of like Ray Charles's and Freddie Mercury's. And if I couldn't get to those people, this was sort of like the, just, I just wanted to see someone incredible do, you know, singing basically. Wow, there you go. Uh, next question. Do you have a TV recommendation you could pass on to someone who needs a new show to start? Somebody needs to see, uh, well, I just finished Squid Game last, uh, the, the, a couple of nights ago, which um, is not really a very good recommendation because it's obviously the, the number one show. So everyone's yeah. already watching it. Um, what else? Uh, I've been, I've been, what have I been watching? Um, I tend to be always be a, a little bit behind on, 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 on this, on this stuff, to be honest, but uh, that is, that is the last show that I watched. Cool. And the last question, which ties into your wonderful EP, uh, you worked with John Alasia. What was the album or release of John Alasia that hooked you into him and went, I need to work with this guy because his discography is pretty spectacular? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it's probably him working with um, John Mayer. Just he's such a like a soulful, cool sound. Um, it was also the first, I think it was just also that I just the first person I knew he, he had worked with. Um, but he'd also worked with some some younger artists that had not that still, you know, that, that hadn't quite released stuff um, yet that I also knew to be really talented. And I, so I knew I knew he would have like good taste. Does everyone in the world call you Johnny if they know you, or are you Jonathan to some people, John to some? It's exact. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Darren. Um, yeah, I, I, a lot of my close friends call me Johnny. So you'll notice if someone's talking about me and they're like, "Oh, Johnny," blah blah blah, then you're like, "Oh, they're part of like the close friend circle." Now yeah. I know that. And if what I'm in trouble, say? it's Jonathan David. One of these days, I'll work my way up to that. Yeah, Jonathan, David, get in here. Uh, the opportunity to work with the National Pork Board is pretty exciting. When did that well, happen? Super random, right? Yeah. Random. And then I was like, oh, it totally makes sense. Um, yes. What, what, what do you want to know? Well, the opportunity is a great one. And it's led to some great cooking videos, hosting, whatever you want to call it, that you've done with some celebrity friends. Yeah. When did you film all this content? Uh, we filmed it about a month ago, I'd say, like uh, two months ago, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it totally made sense. The, the pork board, they called me up and they said, yo, you're so amazing. And yeah. your cookbook, the Burn Cookbook, mm -hmm. the parody cookbook for Mean Girls fans yeah. is the best cookbook in the world. I said, thank you so much. I agree, clearly. And then they said, here's our problem, Jonathan. We screwed up. In the 90s, we ran commercials that said pork, the other white meat. And we all know these commercials. We remember hearing that. We know it. that's why whenever someone says pork, you go the other white meat. And they said, we did, we, we did it wrong. We, we didn't mean for it to be the other white meat. Pork should be cooked pink. And I said, guys, I got you. I have the burn cookbook. And on Wednesdays, we cook pink. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to cook pork on Wednesdays, and it's going to be pink. Uh, Brilliant. 
pork and pink, two four letters. See, there you go. P. Uh, you have alliteration, P and P. That's nice, right? Alliteration. It's the, the, the burn cookbook is all about pink. Everything in the book's pink. You want us to cook pork to 145 degrees where it gets its juicy flavor? Done. So we teamed up and we took some of my favorite recipes from the burn cookbook and sw swapped them out to celebrate National Pork Month. And we put pork in the recipes and changed out the chicken or whatever the other proteins were for pork. And they turned out so incredibly delicious and yummy. And like, I never expected for me to reinvent half of the recipes in the book to make, make them uh, pork friendly, but we did. And it was such a cool thing to do because it really elevated some of our recipes even more. I get it. I get it. Besides this wonderful collaboration you have going on, what is coming up for Johnny B in the near future? Are you allowed to talk about stuff or is it all under deadline.com embargoes? Oh, please. This is my dance. That's my pork dance. Um, no, we can talk about it. We have, we, I just got back from Canada shooting the Christmas house Two for Hallmark channel, which is a sequel to our movie we did last year, the Christmas house one, I guess it would be called. Um, but we just called it the Christmas house at the time. Uh, you know, we just got back from shooting that and it is so much fun because I don't think Hallmark channel has ever had a movie like this on it. Not just because there's, you know, we have a gay storyline and we have two mm -hmm. brothers come like, not just because of all the amazing things that are going on with it as far as, you know, what do you call that? Equality, right? I guess we call it equality, right? And not only because of that, but because of how funny this movie is. It is literally like the Griswold family of the Hallmark Channel. It is so good. And the comedy in it is so much farther and bigger than you've ever seen on, on the network before. And I'm, I'm so excited for that because it's really going to give people a chance to see Hallmark Channel in a whole new light, like what the new age of Hallmark is. And I think it's wonderful. I get it. And it is one of the top rated networks on TV. So congratulations for having a great project like that. The cookbook, it's doing great. The pork the burn cookbook. Content, it's great. Pork. The last question I got for you comes out of nowhere. And it's, are you familiar with a champion professional wrestler who I'm guessing is the biggest Mean Girls fan on the planet named Danny Jordan, who brings a burn book to the ring when she wrestles? My Is this part of WWE? That she's been in AEW, which is on weekly on TNT every week. Okay, yes, there is a mean, because I did Big Brother with... Somebody. <laughs> the girl with purple hair. Why can't I think of her name? Eva Marie. Thank you. God, um, I did Big Brother with Eva Marie, and she mentioned this wrestler, uh, Danny. I, I don't know her, but I know this is a thing. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I'm just kind of depressed that she's never invited me to come and be her like assistant in the ring. Or how does wrestling work? I don't know. Can I be like some type of person that like spritzes water on her or something? Like I'll like be a like a hoser down person, like a hoser down with water in between the matches, or like 
touch up her blood. I don't think they actually get real blood in those ones. That's like, it's all like, uh, it happens. It happens, but I'm, I'll connect you to on social media and we'll see. Tell what her, happens. I want to be her like mister. I'll come in like mist her. Mist water on her in between the, in between the, in, in between the, the acts. Is it an act? It's a, it's a round. What yeah, is match. It, a round of, yes. In between the half times, whatever yeah. it is, I'll come and do it. Outro cast.